0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Otra por favor.
1: Otra por favor.
0: This is a two-part series, episode seven, that will be released this week. We're gonna continue the talk with Richard Robinson. The talk about panel, traveling, music, and trade. Aquí va. We wanted to keep it short, just you know, to give more more time for Richard, because he has a, a bunch of good info to, you know, about him to share. Um yeah. so Richard, last year it was it was probably one of the the years in America that changed the way we look at things. And, you know, it happened with George Floyd and, and a lot of, you know, things were just going around and not a lot of people were actually doing dialogue and you were actually invited to a virtual dialogue. Um, do you share a little bit about that aspect of, you know, like that talk, how it went?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Obviously, last year was tough for everybody, uh, not just, you know, myself and you guys, but, you know, really across the world, like, you know, you had COVID, you had, you know, you know, protests, you had, you know, financial crisis, you had all the different things that was a combination of just, just just massive stress, uh, stressors, if you will. So, um, yeah, I, you know, obviously after George Floyd, um, I'm sure everyone uh, is aware of it, you know. Um, it was a tough time for a lot of people. And, you know, it happened in the midst of uh the the pandemic, you know, when everybody was at home alone, just depressed already. And then you kinda had this this um, you know, public execution <laughs> on national television happen. And um, man, it was it was triggering for me. It was it was a really triggering um thing for me because I've experienced similar mm-hmm. uh treatment by law law enforcement, but obviously um not to that extent. Where, and, where, uh, where um, did you
0: experience that treatment? Huh? where did you experience it?
2: Uh, you know, I gal in Galveston, Galveston. and uh, you know, it's just kind of what else things mistaken identity. Um I actually got beat up by the police and pepper uh, and it was just a whole thing. Uh, I was sixteen, coming from my job, and I just got. I don't know, misidentified, if you want to call it that. I just, I I felt like I was profiled, but um, apparently I was doing a drug deal and I've never done it, you know, I'd never done any drugs in my life. And uh, I was literally five minutes out of my job. And yeah, next thing I know, I was surrounded by cops getting beat up in the street, guns drawn on me. And um, uh, fortunately, obviously, you know, they just arrested me. They pepper sprayed me and threw me in the back of a car. But Um, yeah, that was kind of like a triggering thing for me just to see that happen, knowing that, you know, there's been hundreds, if not thousands of other people in similar situations that didn't make it out. And I think I was just having a moment of like, I don't know if it's like, if you want to call it survivor's guilt or just just feeling just like I could empathize with uh, George Floyd in that moment. So um, I say that to say this, you know, it got us, you know, me and all my friends talking, I never really shared my, my story, um, with any of my friends, really. It was just kind of, you know, when it happened so long ago, but it was something that I just, it just seemed like it was so unbelievable that, um, it just didn't make sense. And, you know, I always felt like it was so unbelievable that that no one would, would ever take me seriously or, you know, people would think I was lying about what happened, but it definitely happened. And now that we're seeing that, you know, it happens on a regular basis. It's just happening to be recorded in some instances, like, you know, people more open to, okay, having the discussion, you know. And, you know, I have a lot of friends from, you know, a multitude of different backgrounds. And, you know, they just couldn't believe that it could happen to a guy like me. And I'm like, you know, it happens to people like me all the time. (laughs) And regardless if you think that I'm educated, proper, whatever you want to label it as. Um, you know, I'm susceptible, susceptible to having things like that happening to me as well. Um, but in the moment it was, it was, it wasn't about me. It just, it was triggering for me, but it wasn't about me, but I just felt like compelled to like, want to do something. And so my friends and I, we started to talk about it and we, you know, we wanted to start locally within our communities because, you know, if you're trying to start a movement, you know, there was a lot of protests going on. I wasn't, I didn't feel safe with COVID and going out and protesting and, and, you know, also the, the cops were being super aggressive at the time too with the protest, yeah, right. but I wanted to just find, you know, a group of people that we can discuss like actual solutions and like um, something tangible that could, that, that could change
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, or facilitate change. And one of my good friends from college is, uh, his name is Dexter Ellison. Um, you know, He's city council for the city of Kyle. You know, he's one of my good friends in my friend group. And we just started to talk about it, you know, at a dinner one night. And, you know, we decided that, you know, this conversation should be a bigger conversation and we should should be more inclusive of not just, you know, people who are angry, but also people from the other side. People in law enforcement, people in the community, people who work for the city and, you know, the city council members and just really try to find actionable solutions locally um, that could potentially be a blueprint of on how to scale, you know, uh, you know, uh, scale will sk- find scalable solutions within different communities, you know, for the injustices that were happening, you know, whether it's, you know, um, more law center centered around sending social workers. Uh, to, you know, nonviolent crimes versus sending cops
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and, you know, training cops on how to respond to certain situations and offering a bigger budget to, you know, have longer training for law enforcement and, you know, just de-escalation tactics instead of like militarizing um, the police officers. So all of those were topics of conversation. It was an incredible panel. It was about four or five hours. Um, and, you know, it was exciting because, you know, we're finally having discussions. I got to talk to some police officers. I got to talk to some, uh, the mayor of Kyle. And then, you know, we got to talk to just some local residents who had similar stories like mine and, you know, talked about their fear of this happening to their children and whatnot. Um, and just how they felt, you know, scared to even go out to, to protest or just be out in public because, you know, of what was happening. And, um, yeah, that was that was just kind of, you know, the compelling reason of w- the why behind, you know, we decided that we wanted to try to facilitate some sort of change uh, in our communities and then ultimately beyond.
0: It's interesting how you mentioned the part where you wanted to make the you know help where the police was less militarized and more, I would say, more of a servanthood yeah. to the community. Right. And, and a lot of times like we. That should be, their work, like right, like every every you know, it's people that feel like cops. They're, they they think of them as the same level as the military, but no, they they should be servants to the community, right? And and when they can't serve to the community, they're not defending the community or or you know like protecting the community the way they should.
1: It's also crazy how we we really rely on the government to make changes like this. But in reality, community has to come together to actually make a change.
3: Right.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and that was the premise of it, right? You know, that was the outcome that we were hoping for. Um, and, and we did get some things changed and we did, you know, um, facilitate uh, some litigation to, to you know, increase budgets um, and, and really like train police officers, but also off, offer other resources the community outside of just police presence and policing communities. Um, And that, that was, you know, that was the goal, but like, you know, the work doesn't stop. It's, it's, you know, going beyond that, having those conversations with your peers, your family members, um, you know, talk about, have the hard conversations. And a lot of people weren't having a lot of people, you know, found themselves losing lifelong friends because, you know, they couldn't have the discussion or just made them uncomfortable. But you know, we were encouraging people like that's a big step. That's a, that's that's one of the first steps you need to take. You need to have an honest conversation with yourself. You know, recognize your privileges. You know, you know, and we all have them. Um, you know, some more so than others. But just understanding where you are in life, what your privileges are, checking your privileges, and then having the conversations with the people who don't know or who aren't self aware. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was my. You know, that's that was what we wanted, and we want to make sure that we continue to go go that route and continue to push for that because to me, the more education centered around, you know, you know, not our differences, but, you know, how much we, you know, we share as, you know, a race, um, and all our commonalities, I think that will help kind of mitigate some of this stuff that's happening in society. And... <laughs> I know there's a lot of uh, factors that play into the education because there's a lot of misinformation. Yes. There's a lot of extremists yeah. and there's, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. media yeah. that influences certain things. But I think we just have to really, the focal point is to to really just um, focus on being an actual community and, yeah. and um, stop feeling like so isolated and, and independent of everybody because we're, um, we all share collective grief, you know, in that moment, we all share that same grief, whether it was with COVID, whether it was just the protest, you know, we all had, you know, a multitude of different emotions that we were dealing with, depression, et cetera. And, um, I think focusing on community and just, um, uh, not our differences is, is what's going to ultimately be, um, helpful in the long run.
0: All right. Yeah. And, and the one thing, like, let's say, for example, the, the black and brown communities have always been affected by, you know, by the policing and issues with cops. But then recently after COVID, the Asian American Pacific Islander, they started going through the situations where they were being harassed. And, right. you know, and it's, it's a shitty situation because what are, you know, authorities doing to help, you know, these communities feel better instead of, oppressing them
2: right um and yeah again that was another i mean and it's still happening to this day so you know it's a lot of um before there wasn't a lot of coverage there wasn't a lot of information and it took some really notable people to really stand up and and actually like put their reputations on the line themselves on the line um uh to, to really shed light on the issues And, you know, similar to what Black Lives Matter was last year and still is this year, you know, uh, the Stop Asian Hate um, platform, you know, is is pretty prevalent now. And, you know, again, when I say focusing on communities, you know, I think at the time, you know, the, the people there was some animosity in in both communities that, you know, Black Lives Matter was getting the most or the bulk of the attention. (laughs) <laughs> um and i think that's where the discrepancies are it's like you know we're all in this together we need to focus on the community aspects we're all um you know just pawns in this system of white supremacy regardless if we're you know you know we have you know you know we're white passing you know some of us are lighter than others and some of us have more privileges than others but at the end of the day you know it's not a level playing field for anybody that's a minority right. and um we need to focus on, you know, togetherness and community and really like focusing on um, how we can um, build each other up as opposed to tearing each other down. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that it's happening now. You know, we have, you know, AAPI allies. We have, you know, indigenous allies and we are an ally to them as well. And then we also have white allies. Um And trying to just you know tear down you know white white supremacy so uh, it's a conversation that's you know it's never gonna end Uh, I mean ideally you know everyone be you know forgets color and all this other stuff and you know maybe 10,000 years from now but there's still a lot of work to do and I think um, where it starts is again starts with yourself and then Having the hard conversations with the people you love the most, and then you know focusing on your community, and then scaling all of the solutions to the other communities, to other states, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, and sorry, the one thing that like say for for us that you know we're in a different situation as our parents, like, like maybe my uh, like my parents, they they didn't really just they didn't really know how to speak. And then you know, conversate about situations like this. Back in the days, because maybe the resources weren't available. But like us, as we're growing, we our privilege maybe is that we have access to some resources where we can talk and we can right. we can sit down with someone and hey, you know what? This is what's going on that's you know hindering our communities. And and you're you guys are doing great on that aspect um, right. because it's not just about you know, oh having a successful positive life, but also there should be always be action.
2: I'm yeah, say, there's work to be done.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's like, you you should not be anything about thoughts and prayers. But what are you doing right. at, besides that? Because you can pray, you can you know, you can talk and all this and, and that all thing that. Is change, but until you right. actually do something to change it, and and knowing like say people like you and your friends, um, are doing things to change situations. Like I know, like your friend uh, was it Doctor Kiona? She's yeah. doing stuff with you know with like say, when she travels, she doesn't just travel and 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 talk about like how cool this island is. No, she goes in the deep of you know like the depth of the culture and talks about it and yeah shares her travel experiences with the privilege she has of traveling and how that can bring education of to not get to know more about the right. different cultures that we have in America that maybe we don't think about.
2: Yeah, I, I and I'm a firm believer in that. You know, one of the the the, the best teachers is you know uh, travel you get to see how other people live you you know learn their cultural norms and how they interact with each other you know learning their foods just and this is their general way of life what their belief systems are you know what their politics look like and so on and so forth and it's important to know that it's it's important to, to travel and see i mean some people have never left their home state let alone the, the you know the contiguous uh, united states and you know, travel doesn't necessarily have to be overseas. It right. it 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 literally is going from Texas to West Virginia, or from Florida to you know Colorado. Those are two completely different, in my opinion, cultures and you know uh, political playgrounds, really. Um, but um, it, it, it's in if if you do have the means and you know you really want to understand culture and and, and perspective from others. It's important to see, you know, from Mexico or, you know, Central America or South America or, you know, from the Asian perspective and, you know, understanding that, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of Asians and and, and understand what Asian means. You know, it's not just um, brown people, you know, there's parts of Russia that's in Asia, you know, and and the Middle East and so on and so forth. Uh, so understanding the geography of it, uh, the cultural aspect, you know, and then just um, the human, their the way of life and their belief systems.
1: How you said too right now that uh, there, there's a technology now that, and that's why we're seeing more of this stuff like that, you know, more of people getting right. killed and stuff like that. Like this is, for me, this is not new. It's been happening. The thing is we, we, yeah, we didn't really, put attention to it because it wasn't coming on on tv you know and nowadays anybody could just have their phone out and record whatever is going on and quickly upload it to social media and everybody can see it you know back then it was a little hard harder to do that and um like like you said we had a we have uh different uh privileges now too and i guess one of them will be that you know if you see right. something injustice going on, if you can help somehow, do it. You know, in a way that you're you're not gonna risk your life or any, or anybody's else's.
0: Right. And and um, so we're gonna we're actually gonna change the the outline a bit. Uh, we're gonna go from the the, you know, the part where you talked about the panel and what got done, to the travel part because you know you started talking about how another way you can get to understand is traveling. Um, you, you did uh last year when COVID started you guys, you and your friends did a, uh, a road trip through the, pretty much the whole East coast of the nation. Am I correct?
3: Yeah. So,
2: uh, you know, after, again, you know, we talked about George Floyd and, and, you know, after being home for three months, literally just not doing anything. I, I flew to New York because that's where my family was. And, you know, Texas had opened a little bit, you know, New York it was allowing people in. And then I, you know, I spent the, the summer in New York. Um, but in with with in the summer, you know, I traveled down um, some of the Eastern uh, states and visited some friends and just really just kind of had like our own little personal retreat. We just got together and just, again, I'm preaching about community, but it was just interesting and, and, and fun just to see how everyone was, uh, you know, Coping with what was going on during the pandemic, and you know, we all unpacked our, you know, you know, our, our feelings and emotions about what was going on, and then we, you know, were able to have fun. So, I hung out in North Carolina, spent summer um, in New York. New York was a lot different from what you know, New York that I grew up with. Um, and you know, it, it, I felt like I was actually in Europe. You know, a lot of restaurants on the street because you weren't allowed to eat indoors anywhere. Um, but it was still, you know, you know, not as many people in the city, not in, not anybody in the subways because it was the hardest hit area in the pandemic. And, you know, obviously they were very strict about where you can go and what you can do. But I just spent the time there just working and, um, hanging out with my mom. It was the first time I spent, spent with my mom since I was 15. So that was, you know, time and a lot of healing, a lot of just, um, you know, trying to get back to as normal as possible and, you know, uh, came back to Texas, September, traveled to to Tulum, Jamaica, Utah, uh, Puerto Rico, and, you know, currently in Los Angeles and, you know, back home to Galveston a couple of times. So, um, my, you know, the goal is obviously responsible travel and, you know, making sure that I was tested and all of the other things, but, um, we did it in a responsible manner. We just made sure that, I, you know, we, wherever we went, you know, the impact on, you know, the locals, we made sure that they were the first, um, uh, to be considered, you know, we weren't going anywhere where, you know, we can overwhelm their infrastructure and, you know, kill off a bunch of people just because we wanted to have some fun. So it was, um, responsible travel and, you know, we we're conscious of where we were going and all of the parameters set around travel at the time. Um, so yeah, we. Uh, um, yeah, it was a fun summer, and I'm still taking that approach now because COVID obviously isn't over yet. Right, but right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting a lot more. I got my vaccines. I'm good. <laughs>
0: That's good, man. Um, so like, whenever, because well, I know, like, say you you guys that road trip y'all did, it was they actually made it to TV. Not to say, oh man, you you were on TV, but that was like that was the the part you were saying that you guys traveled and went to places and not take away from the local people in those places a lot right. of it, i mean you you guys you guys were pretty thoughtful of that aspect not just like yeah i was gonna go out there and you know and like whatever people yeah, are you know like yeah not caring about the community yeah. it's you know it's right. on them but i mean considering that aspect like that's super responsible
2: yeah, and 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 it's important and 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 even now like you know traveling to Jamaica I had to take a test to get into Jamaica and a test to get out and to go to Puerto Rico I had to be tested uh you know to loom same same thing and it, again it it you have to be considerate of uh, your surroundings and the people and and their resources um you might have insurance and all the resources in the world back home but you know some people don't have those luxuries so. I always say, you know, I'm not going to discourage anybody from going out because I know what it was like to sit in the house for months and months and months, right? you know, uh, feel like I was losing my mind and just be depressed and emotional. And, And that's not healthy for anybody. But if you can do it in a responsible manner where you're conscious of where you're going and you're conscious of who you're impacting, I say, go for it, you know, and that's what we did. You know, some people didn't like what we were doing, but others, they, you know, it empowered them to do the same thing.
0: What uh, what what uh, like say from the from the negative. Let's talk about the negative input first. Like, what did people say?
2: Uh, you know, there were a lot of people. You know, they were policing. Um, you know what we were doing with our lives. Um, some people found it offensive that we were even getting on a plane. And at the time, I felt like the airplane was one of the safest places to go to, and being in a plane because you couldn't be in there without a mask, and you couldn't be in the plane without a mask and um you had to be tested um almost all the time um depending on where you were and you know there was a lot of flack and, and there's people from overseas because you know it's social media you have a global reach whenever somebody randomly follows you and they see what you're doing and you know they're in a different uh situation where they're in you know total lockdown and you know it might look like what we're doing is inconsiderate which you know it wasn't you know and and Initially, I, when when the fear subsided and people felt like okay, um, you know they're working on the vaccine, they're working, um, you know they, they they're enough mask for out there for everybody. Now people started to kind of yes, there are some people that were irresponsible, but people needed to be able to relax and people started to really relax, and um, you know you just had those people that were super uptight about it and terrified because they're just watching the media and seeing the numbers go up of the deaths. And it just looks like we're out just living our lives and being completely inconsiderate. And, um, you know, there was transparency to an extent, but I just didn't feel like I owed anybody, um, an explanation for me living my life. And, you know, we got, we got some heat for it from just like randoms, but (laughs) I wouldn't take any of it back. Uh, cause again, there's a lot of people that, didn't make it out of the pandemic. And it wasn't because of the pandemic or the, 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 uh, because of COVID that they died. They just died lonely. They committed suicide. They were depressed and, you know, they didn't have anybody. And there was a lot of people that I knew who were in dark spaces like that that, you know, was uplifted by what we were doing as a group and knowing that we were doing it responsibly. Responsibly. So that's that's all I'll say about that. It was, you know, you, you're always going to have your haters. I didn't even right. know I had haters until I started to do <laughs> man, that.
0: Whenever you you're gotta doing something them, right, you're always going to have someone saying, doing something wrong. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. You know, you know?
2: It was, it was kind of crazy to see, you know, how people respond, responding to us, just living our lives. But um, we got a lot of this love too. So there's a lot of positive vibes yeah. as well.
1: And that's probably what you got to take, you know, when, when it comes to that. That's right. all you need. Just positive. Right.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, for the most part, like, wherever, wherever you guys were going was actually stuff that was outdoor.
2: Right, um, exactly. And you so guys there's were a lot like, of like, like, hiking yeah. out on the water. And, and it was mostly social distance. And, again, we all needed to make sure that we weren't putting it ourselves at risk, first and foremost. And then, you know, also the people in the community. So we all pledged to, to get tested multiple times. And, um, yeah. It worked out.
1: Yeah, you didn't get COVID.
2: Uh, no, I actually did get COVID, but I got COVID <laughs> uh, at home just Already? going to a grocery store. Oh, See,
0: wow. it's kind of weird how, you know, like I know like one person that they quarantined, they didn't do anything and they went to the store and that's where they got it. Yeah. But it, it was weird because like, like, say for us, when, when COVID started, we we didn't go out for the first couple. I and mean, we went to the store. I had to actually... I did have to go out because I worked delivering Chinese food during the weekends and the weekend. So I had to go to, like to house from house to house, but thank God right. I didn't get COVID. Um, but other than that, it's one of those things that, I mean, it just, it, it is a situation that it happened to you and it sucks, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. the same, same with me. I was going to work when the all started, I was still going oh, yeah, to Yeah, You're going to hospitals. Yeah, I never, and... I never uh, stopped. Yeah. Uh, I went to hospitals and I was there at the, you know, (laughs) where everybody was at. And, you know, thankfully I, I did not get it. My sister got it and I never got it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It happens like that sometimes, man. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very healthy and conscious of my wellness and, you know, I feel like I got it, you know, obviously I'm alive and breathing, but. So I wouldn't say I got it the worst, but, um, I was severely impacted by it for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, um, I'm on the up and up now. So that's good. That's um, good. it just happens like that. Some people who are being completely irresponsible, never got it. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. um, <laughs> yeah. <God Something>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from, from many of your friends that you traveled with, you, you want to give a shout out, you know, and, you know, like mention for something them. like mention them.
3: Yeah, last question oh
0: now from any of your friends that you traveled with um do you want to give a shout out to any of them
2: yeah i mean (laughs) i mean i'll give a shout out to um dr kiona um you know how not to travel like a basic bitch um i love what she's doing she's been a friend for you know a long time she also has her own podcast and it's centered around you know um, travel and, you know, from a cultural aspect, sustainable aspect to, you know, breaking down, you know, uh, white supremacy to, I mean, there's a lot, uh, the plethora of information on there and she's a very sharp individual and Indeed. Uh, she's, she's one of those people that, you know, that do, does the work and really just all my friends. Like, you know, I love my friends. I love traveling and just the experiences that we've had, but, um, yeah, all my best friends, you know, uh, they know mm-hmm. who they are. And, uh, but for people out in the community doing the work and the trailblazers and the people that, you know, are having the hard discussions, I really want to give a shout out to everybody. And also you guys for just, um, allowing me on and, and, and really just to have this discussion.
0: Hey, that's good, man. That's good. And thank you. Thank good. you
1: for, for joining us, man. It's, it's been interesting hearing you talk and all you have to say about everything.
2: Yeah. I'm excited, man. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is, uh, <laughs> I saw the questions and, you know, I was like, you know, like, I, I want to put some thought into this because, you know, I love the guy. I love the way that you guys, um, you know, formulated the, the questions and just how you guys, you know, you made it fun and in, 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 uh, a dialogue. I didn't feel like I was on a panel, <laughs> um, and it's, y'all are easy to talk ah, to. Man. So yeah, if I really appreciate. If you were here, uh, we'll be like doing shots. Yeah. that's what David and I <laughs> were
0: doing right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm glad we can work it out. I got supposed to travel back today, but um, I promised a friend that I'd stay and um, you know support you know what they're doing out here for the night and then fly back tomorrow. So uh, I'm here back in Austin tomorrow evening. Um, but yeah, this this has been. Honestly, great, and I love what you guys are doing
0: so uh now that we're we're going from you know from a little bit more of a upbeat you know uh top part of the part of the episode um going back to music yeah. you have uh this will be the last section okay um you're obviously you're producing and songwriting, and you earlier you spoke about who was your influence, and when did you start like singing?
2: I started singing, um, when I was, you know, wow, uh, probably as far back as I can remember, I'd say, you know, when I was probably six is probably when I can remember, but I, you know, I was in a choir when I was younger. Um, but just singing with my mom, you know, the experience that we were talking about where we, you know, recorded song lyrics and wrote them down by hand so that we could remember the lyrics. But, um, yeah, I started at a very young age. Um, and it just kind of evolved into singing, songwriting. You know, it went from uh, poetry to songwriting. Now it's like music production and um, all of these different things.
0: Okay. And you started you prim- you you did your first album in 2010. Um, that was work done. Who was the people that you did work with?
2: Oh man, um, if any, if I'm giving a shout out to anybody, it's it's going to be Edwin Revis he my produced, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, wrote, um, uh, oh, he, he composed all of the music for that first album. And back then I wasn't playing piano. I was just going to him, um, with, with ideas and melodies and, and lyrics. And, um, it's like, I knew what I wanted it to sound like. I just didn't know how to formulate it or come up with the, the, I didn't understand anything cause I hadn't started to my, my journey on learning music just yet, but he's, um, you know, pretty accomplished pianist and, you know, musician. And he grew up playing in the church. And I honestly, I would just, that was probably one of my biggest inspirations to learn just watching him play and, you know, just all the nuances of how, what his creative process was. But, you know, he produced, played, you know, we'd come up with the melodies and, um, you know, it took us about two and a half years to do the album, but, uh, you know, we finished it and released it in 2010.
0: That was uh, my obsession with love, right? Yep. Yeah, it was, I remember uh, Edwin. I I grew up with him playing soccer.
2: Like, oh, nice! Yeah, and I uh, played soccer with Edwin a couple times.
0: Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and it's funny how like the way he he's a good musician. He actual, he's actually he also influencing his niece. Um, I forgot I forgot her name.
2: Yeah, Alessandra.
0: Alessandra. Uh, yeah. I'm
2: actually working with her on some stuff too. We're actually. Uh I guess the it's not any secret. We we're doing a duet of a song I wrote. (laughs) And (laughs) I say she's a pretty phenomenal singer. Just I mean, she's very young, but I mean she she has a really big voice and a lot of potential. So I'm excited to to work with her. And I've I've offered obviously to just like help her, you know, write and compose and you know, just teach her what I know um and you know she's super receptive but she's already pretty brilliant herself and she has a good mentor in edwin so uh i'm I'm very excited to to work with her and um on future projects and what we're working on right now
0: yeah and that's cool because like from her i feel like if if you know everything goes well for her which we wish it does like she could be in that selena type of you know wow.
1: Oh, no,
2: you're, you're not wrong. That's exactly singing, what I told yeah. her. Um, you she know, like you, that, singing, yeah, you yeah. got the, you have two potential massive audiences, you know, yes. you, you speak fluent English and, and Spanish and you can sing and perform in, in both genres and, uh, or both languages. And, um, yeah, the, the, the world's your oyster. You just gotta really want it. And I, I talked to her about, um, you know, really perfecting her craft and not just, being a singer, but being you know an artist and, and and talked about artistry and just so she's really instrumental in you know uh, recording herself, you know you know understanding you know what vocal inflections to do and, and harmonies and, and things like that, but also just the the composition of it as well. She may not know how to play an instrument, but she knows what she wants, right. and that to me is super admirable, and that, that that's still also very rare. You may not know how to Formulated physically on an instrument, but you know exactly the sound that you're looking for. And to me, those people are just like geniuses. You know, they just they just understand it without even knowing that they know.
0: Right, the Rivas man. They're they're talent. They're they're most of them I know. They're talented, somewhere or another.
2: Oh, absolutely. Like, you know,
0: even uh, Edwin, not Edwin, uh, Pedro. He's a photographer, yeah. and he's a very yep. good photographer too.
2: Very good photographer. I, I talked to him uh, and we, we plan on shooting together sometime. I just haven't had the time to do it. But yeah, he's pretty, he, he's established himself over the last couple of years for sure.
0: They're actually from El Salvador, Chaparro. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Mm. Paisanos. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, So that's good, man. And uh, what's like the name of the albums besides uh, My Obsession with Love? What did exactly. he? Are there ones that you have? Yeah, I,
2: I released a second album, which I worked on for years as well. This is with uh, Edwin and another producer, my boy Justin Payne out of Texas State University by way of Clear Lake. Um, You know, he uh, did, you know, a bunch of the songs on my second album and he's also an engineer and I met him in college and, you know, we've been working since 2006 together and we just have a natural just uh, chemistry when it comes to making music and the guy is brilliant. He plays every instrument, drums, you know, guitar, uh, piano, and and he's also a sound engineer too. So um, all of these different things, um, he helped help shape the second album. And Edwin, obviously, I still worked with him on a lot of different projects, um, and he produces a few songs on that one as well. And him and I are working on a... Um, I'm mostly producing my third project, Um, but Edwin is, uh, working on a couple of songs, uh, specifically the one that's featuring Alessandra and another, and, um, I've produced, um, since 2017. Mm -hmm. um, I really just, we talked about wanting to get into production, understanding more about theory and the why behind the creation of the music and then also venturing into engineering. And, um, yeah, I just feel like I've learned so much over the last four years and I'm pretty good at it now actually really good at it now, but there's still a lot of work to do, but so I'm solely producing, um, this new album. And, you know, if I need help on certain songs, you know, I, I have two really awesome resources and Edwin and Justin that, you know, can help me, um, make, take it to the next level.
0: All right, all right. That's cool. Um, so there's, I do want to say, I do have a, an apology to make to you uh, that happened 10 years ago. <laughs> um, so Valeria, she sent me a message, Val, you know, Edwin's wife, mm-hmm. uh, she sent me a message and she was like, Hey, are you busy this, this uh, evening? And it was on a Saturday. I was like, no, I have plans. She's like, Oh, it's cause Edwin and Richard, they're releasing their album. Uh, My obsession with love. And they're gonna have an event, and I was like, Aw, "Oh, oh, you sorry. missed the event! <laughs> the
2: event, dude, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> the event was pretty dope too. We—I forget where we were. I think we were in, like Texas City or something, um, or somewhere. But it was—it was pretty fun. Yeah, had a pretty, good time.
0: That's good, man. That's good.
2: I had yeah. a little buzz back then, but now it's just like I—I'm all about the artistry and just the creating of the music and less the hype. But you know, I feel like if it resonates with people, you know, it's great. But I just have this unyielding passion, just to keep creating and, and writing, and that's never gonna stop.
0: Hey man, if you focus on the art, everything falls, you know, falls together. Right. So, um, besides Bob Marley, what's your influence in music?
2: Yeah, I mean, i actually. I mean, I I listen to everything. I mean, I listen. I love classical music. <laughs> um and I, I heard david say the classical guitar and you know yeah. my ears yeah. piqued my interest with that um i love classical i love um, cuz you know you understand like i said it's storytelling and it's not any lyrics you just hear just all of the beauty and whatever beethoven or tchaikovsky or mozart was going through at the time and they put it in the music and you know it it speaks to you differently than lyrics does but you know it it is speaking to you Um, so a lot of classical music. Um, I I love Stevie Wonder. I just love artists. I love people that just know, um, exactly what they're doing. They, they, they want to be involved. Like Michael Jackson, you know, he had an obsession with, you know, his performances, you know, his lyrics, you know, the way he sang it. And, and to me, that's just so admirable. I like people like Beyonce because they're perfectionists. I love people like, you know, Jay. And Tupac, because you can tell that they put the work and they, you know, into their craft. And um, the songwriters, I love producers. I love, you know, Scott Storch. You know, (laughs) one of my favorite things that came out of last year was, um, you know, he had the verses with, I think it was Manny Fresh. And Manny Fresh is a pretty renowned, you know, producer. He's had some hits, but it's just a variety of types and styles of music that separated. Scott Storch being musically inclined and in theory, as well as, you know, being a uh, classically trained pianist, um, that made all the difference in the world. He was producing love songs, jazz, you know, (laughs) Mario, let me love you, like all these different. And also, you know, um, one of those, I forgot what the hit song with Jay-Z. I think it was like, uh, I can't remember. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But just now nah, you
0: say it, man. Yeah. Well, we can always that's go back right. and, and say, you know what, he's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we've said a lot of, of messed, messed up things over here, so you're good.
2: <laughs> I think he produced still DRE. Uh no, maybe that was Dre. I just can't remember. Um I'll look it up. And all if right. it comes to me, I'll I'll say it. But um, yeah, he just he produced. Uh it's the one that's like dun 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 I think it is still still D-R-E. Um, Cause so Jay yeah, Z wrote that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jay Z wrote the song, and you know yeah. he yeah. Scott Storch, I believe, produced it. Yeah. And it was just amazing to see. Like he didn't really have an agenda. He just mm-hmm. played what came to him, and you know he'd get on the piano and uh, play "Let Me Love You," or he'll play a song that I had no idea that he produced, and then he'll play a hip hop song. So those are the types of uh, artists that I grab gravitate to. You know, like I'm, I'm drawn to them because. I, I want to understand their creative process. Prince, who played every instrument, Her you know, range. and was just a phenomenal performer. And yeah, for sure. uh, again, just 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 phenomenal musician in general. And the, the work that he put into to what he was doing. That's what um, I love. I love. And but, you know, I have my favorite entertainers, favorite songs that I hear that are catchy you know that i know that the artist didn't write but they they also perform it well because that's also an art form too so yeah yeah i have a lot of musical influences but i would say you know the biggest ones are just the the creatives behind it okay and sometimes that happens to be the artist
1: okay
0: if uh if you need a me- reference in Spanish, man, we got you. We got
1: plenty. okay. Without,
0: without, uh, without f- f- uh, being afraid, puppy. <laughs> or,
2: or, was no, it? No, that, yeah. again, Edwin and I talk about this stuff all the time. Like, you know, and um, I've, I've actually had Alessandra sing one of my songs in Spanish and okay. like make it her own. And I thought it was just like beautiful. So like, yeah. look.
0: <laughs> well, if you need, if you need help translating songs, dude, like actually I'm a, I'm, I don't want to brag, but I'm a pretty good trans- I've translated albums in the past, okay. So you set me up, man. And we can okay. work it out, All right. Um And
2: it'll be interesting to hear what it sounds like. Because again, just <laughs> I'm sure that's like nuanced and like I I know that English, you know, the adjectives and verbs aren't necessarily the same. Yeah, as like
0: for
2: a, sure not. Yeah, but- um, Spanish. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how it comes comes out.
0: But but David and I we come in a package. So if I come, the beat comes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's, it's both of us or none of us.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's actually um
0: here? if you get a chance to listen to a, an artist I would say is Luis Miguel. Oof, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, that guy like say talking about feelings and emotions. Yeah. That guy is it, man. Like his background, like you know where he's, where he comes from and and everything he's lived that guy's a super good artist.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that on my, my to-do. Yes. Yeah. You know, my follow-up. Like
0: for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, next time you come, we'll listen to Luis Miguel with some tequila. Oof. All right. And you know,
2: then it'll be an experience. Okay. Yeah. I actually, For
0: sure. But we'll listen to Luis we'll Miguel. We'll get into the feelings for sure. From yeah. Vicente Absolutely. Fernandez in there too. Ooh. So.
2: I'm ready. Um, say <laughs> left. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Um, so quick, quick things, uh, like I like say a little bit of trading because um, we're already almost an hour and 36 minutes, which is <laughs> good. The you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's, it's the longest and I would say like a pretty cool episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's worth, like People, yeah. we don't just know about soccer. We also know about other stuff in life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, I'll talk. I, I can give you a quick uh, insight on I like, Take your time, that. man. No rush. it's uh, a two-part episode
0: now so (laughs) oh
2: well uh, all right perfect uh trading um and what i do in my day-to-day you know obviously i I talked about you know what i do and um how much i've learned and, and what my intentions are with my trading and you know that's generational wealth or you know i'm funding my future lifestyle and also sharing my knowledge so that other people can do the same thing and you know uh incorporate that into their everyday lifestyles you know because uh, we all want a better quality of life. And that's really my my why behind understanding the trading and investing piece. And everyone wants to make money and, and live comfortably. Um, I, you know, My general tips in, in to start trading. Um, first and foremost, I'll say trading and investing is daunting. It's very scary. Um, but as you become more seasoned, you realize how much you really don't know. And that you can never know everything. So that, to me, was a relief because even seasoned professionals make mistakes. You also realize that the most knowledgeable people lose and they lose a lot. So um, that's one thing you're going to have to understand. Um, learn before you invest a single dollar into anything. You know, learn what a brokerage and what uh, what a brokerage is and what the benefits of each can do for you uh, before getting set up. Um, so, you know, the brokerage is like a Robin hood, you know, you have an E-Trade, you have a TD Ameritrade and they all offer different offerings. Some offer crypto, some offer stocks and crypto. Um, you know, some are just, you know, Coinbase is just a crypto wallet and they don't have stocks listed and so on and so forth. And then some have different commission rates depending on the type of trade that you're making. So understanding what you're, you're setting up, um, you know, minimum requirements for trades and things like that. Um, is the first before you even deposit any money. Find out what you like um, and believe in, you know. And and, and, and I, I like to invest in things that I believe that serve a purpose and that will stand the test of time. So technology companies, food companies, energies, commodities, crypto, stocks, bonds, you know, all of these different things. You know, uh, you know, there's a Electric car revolution right now, so everybody's hot with on Tesla and NIO and XPev and all of these, you know, uh, big uh, electric car companies that are coming, rolling out um, new models. But also, you're seeing a transition from within, you know, the dinosaur car makers like Ford and GM who are also making the switch uh, with some of their new fleet. And those are the things that you need to be looking for, looking for new trends and understanding and seeing if it's something that'll last and or revolutionary um, and then invest in it and you don't have to buy 50 shares at once you can start with just one share and build your portfolio Um, understanding i always say have a plan you know decide whether you're going to be a long-term trader or a day trader Um, there's benefits in both you know long term is always the best policy because stocks everything goes up over time Um, you know there might be dips it might be bull markets, bear markets, and they might last a certain amount of time, but ultimately everything goes up. Uh, so have a plan and understand what your strategy is going to be before you even invest a single dollar. Another thing I always say is, you know, with trading too, and I have to learn the hard way, you know, I've lost, I've made $10,000 in a trade and I've lost $10,000 in a trade. And man, yeah, those I mean, two things can be very different social experiences. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so, you know, and, and there's some people that I know that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of one trade and and losing hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: But like you said, Um, you you need to learn how to lose too, right? Right. You
2: have to learn how to lose. Um, but you know, with losing and and winning, you know, there's emotional, uh, and emotions can, the emotional aspect and emotions can, um, really affect, you know, whether you get greedy or whether, you know, you, you lose more money because, you know, it can affect like your pride, you know, you're like, you're in a position and you're, you know, it's time to sell it, but you decide that, you know, you're just going to stick it out and you lose more. So it's, they tell you just if you have a plan, have a strategy and stick to it and pivot when you need to and keep the emotions out of it. And, um, you know, another couple of tips is just. Trade what you can afford uh, to lose short term? Losing is inevitable and winning can take a while. Sometimes you might get lucky. Some people have beginner's luck, but I can promise you, I learned the most when I was losing because when I was winning, I just felt like I knew, you know, I knew everything and everything was going to continue the way that it is. And that's never the case. (laughs) Right. Um, and you know, once you do start to to trade, just be a student of like the financial markets and just the environments and what influences, um, price action and just, you know, the economy and also know that the stock market is not the economy, but there are factors in the economy that does affect the stock market, uh, and, and understand what pushes and pulls or, in you know, makes the, uh, tanks the market, if you will, or, um, uh, makes the market, you know, go up. And a lot of times it's politics. A lot of times it's just random news. Sometimes it's Elon Musk, uh, or the former now, president.
0: When it comes to Elon Musk, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, it it, 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 there's a give and take with Elon Musk, but you just have to time it right. Or you just have to be a long-term investor and just hold on for your life. So, uh, um, <laughs> there's, there's, a uh, little bit of both. um, but yeah, those are my tips. I mean, again, there's so much information out there. There's so many resources. Um, and then you can start learning the fundamentals, start understanding charts, start understanding the technical analysis of it. But again, you're never going to learn everything. And even if you do know everything, um, you're, it's inevitable that you lose. Um, but also know that you can also win and win big. And you just have to start. You don't have to know everything initially you know, start with the first two understanding where you're putting your money and what's accessible to you and invest in things you like. And I just feel like if you believe in it and, you know, you have a conviction, then I say, hold on for the long haul because it's going to benefit you long-term. And then, you know, a helpful tip, and and this is something I'm trying to teach myself too, is find stocks, you know, that may not move up that much, but pay you just to hold the position, dividends and reinvest your dividends and, uh, let that create accumulate over time, and that's how you build your wealth. So, so, so you,
0: you would say maybe have a like do it two ways: one where you invest in stocks that fluctuate, and then one that is a little more secured and yeah, you know, more yeah. Because you know,
2: and and it's not just stocks. There's other secure assets that you can you know, or commodities that you can invest in. You know, there's um, bonds. You know, uh, you, you can invest in gold and silver. You know, those are storages of wealth. Um, and those sell off too, and those rise too, but, um, there's commodities too. There's energy stocks, there's, uh, oil, you know, that's probably not going to be relevant for that much longer or it will be, but not as much as it once was, but just finding out the different, uh, sectors and, you know, the markets and then understanding, um, you know, what you like about them and then educate yourself on them and then invest and then have a growth portfolio and then have uh, a dividend portfolio.
0: Yeah, man. Once, man, we need to get uh, Uncle Biden to give me my, my, my green card. See you
1: Biden. Yeah,
0: because then I can start trading. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I've been wanting to trade, but because of not, not, not having a green card right now. No, mm-hmm. I do have DACA immigration. So if you want to come at me, I'm protected.
3: <laughs> yeah, I got his back
0: too.
2: I <laughs> agree. <laughs>
0: <Not> <laughs> so yeah, once once we get that that going, uh, it'll be easier for me to
2: for Yeah. So and hopefully yeah. that's sooner than later.
0: Yeah, yeah, so right now, right now we're just focusing on making this podcast grow and make money out of that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not really. Make not a really. make a make people, you know, find like an like a outlet, you know. Yeah. And the stress reliever, thats why we're making this. Work. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's
3: true. Yeah.
0: We're 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 in a little bit where we, you know, want to share positiveness and also like we we you know do something like this where someone that's a little more of an expert because obviously as time and, and experience comes, you're you become an expert subconsciously. Right. So like what you're sharing right now and 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 on, on investing and trading—that's that's, that's a, something good yeah. because like you said you learn more from
1: losing than from winning. Right. And that's the thing though. A lot of people doesn't understand that. And they think that when they invest, they're always going to win. And it's not even like that.
2: Yeah. Um, Now it's, there's definitely a give and take when it comes to investing, but you just have to stick to your, your guns and stick to your strategy and um, just know that, you know, even in the dips, or so the down days, you know, there's just as much opportunity to, or to rebound and go higher, or you can buy more at a, you know, at a lower price and then, you know, average down is what we always say, or buy the dip. Um, but uh, that's, that's, you know, trading jargon. But um, yeah, if, if you don't lose when you're in the, if you don't sell in the red, you don't lose. So just keep that in mind when you're trading. You know, there's going to be, uh, peaks and valleys Are you trading right now Chaparro?
1: No man I, uh, My friend uh Juan Sarmiento Was uh, trading I don't know if you saw him A lot of yeah. posts uh, He was posting a lot uh, Especially with that uh, uh, Happened to What was it called? Uh, Is it uh, the, the GameStop? Big, yeah that big yeah. GameStop Thing happened He, he uh-huh. I believe he was able to Invest or whatever And yeah he, he started investing, but no, I haven't, I haven't really got into it, but I need to,
2: now that I'm listening. Oh, to, we can, we can do another episode yeah. that that goes a little bit more in depth. And, you know, I mean, I think it'll make sense to just bring on some people that are, you know, with their, that could share different perspectives yeah. Yeah. and experiences with trading and maybe some experts, you know, I so, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm the expert. It's just, I'm sharing my knowledge and my approach. And obviously yeah. I'm not a financial advisor, but, um, Those are fundamentals, I believe, that people should at least consider before taking, um, you know, diving in into their uh, journey of trading.
0: Okay. Tell you what, man, the next episode we have, we're going to have a couple episodes with you. One has to be with you, Edwin, and then the next one will be about you trading and, you know, uh, uh, another expert. Yeah. Man, the next one will have to be, like, in person where we can... Take shots, yeah, yeah. We're getting, I love that.
2: Trying, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear, hear hear the episode and you know how you guys edit it and everything. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah man. Well, um, anything you want to share um, or any, anything else you want to add?
2: Well, um, I mean, I'll just I guess I'll, this is an opportunity to just plug my music and yeah. you know uh, just know that I'm a an artist through and through and. Uh I do have music on, you know, the popular streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Just look for Richard Robinson music. You know, I got two full albums and a few singles and um working hard on a third record. Uh, it's going to be pretty phenomenal. Um that I've, you know, for the most part produced on my own, but Yeah. That's- and uh yeah. Uh I'm out here in the market looking for a job too. So holler at
1: your boy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Listen to this episode. And if this is not enough, I don't know what's enough. Yeah. (laughs) But all right. Hey, well, Richard, thank you for having, having you here, man. It was an honor and, and hope we do this again. Um, yeah, for sure, man. Thank you.
2: Man. I appreciate the, you know, the opportunity and uh, David, it was really nice to, yeah, nice to convers- meet you and meet you and um, Richie. Um, I'm going to, I'm buying an electric guitar. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I played one for the first time yesterday and I am super stoked. So mm-hmm. I might have to hit you up about some more lessons. Here's the one thing, man, when you buy an electric guitar, you're going to have
0: to buy pedals too. So
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <With> amp. <laughs> <laughs> you might as yeah. well learn it all now. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep you
0: posted on that. Yeah, well, um, David, anything you want to add?
1: Um, nomás voy a decir un poquito en español para todos los que nos escuchan en español. Este, síganos escuchando. Muchas gracias a todos por escucharnos. Este episodio fue un poquito este diferente porque tenemos una un artista y lo cual todos lo pueden escuchar. Le, lo Lo recomiendo mucho. Tiene mucha información para todos. Uh, y bueno, nada más agradecerles acuérdense de seguirnos ahí en Instagram en Facebook, otraporfavor.com ahí estamos, dejen su comentario su like, pregúntenos que les gustaría que hiciéramos en el próximo episodio o en, los, o en el futuro en los futuros episodios um, para que nos den una ayuda en, en, en eso y pues no, nada más, gracias uh, por escucharnos y Richie, ya, ¿Qué, qué, ¿qué vas a cerrar?
0: No, ya dijiste todo, ahí bien See you guys later, and thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you, Richard. Once again, thank you,
1: Richard.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: Peace. See. Adios. adios. All right. Ciao.
2: Later. You
0: won
2: my heart when
3: you kiss. I really won't understand What I will give just enough if you can see me.